Hello, everyone. This is Martin Willis, and it gives me great pleasure to bring in Randall Nickerson in just a moment. But for right now, I would like to play the trailer for the Ariel Phenomenon, which is a phenomenal movie. Here it is. Hundreds of people today phoned the ZBC saying they sighted an unidentified flying object. Was a bright radius. Randall, welcome. Hi, Martin. Thanks for having me on. I was, just, I was in my own world watching the trailer. <laughs> how many times have you? How many times have you watched that trailer? <laughs> so many, and I've seen the movie so many times. But every time I see it, I uh, I'm always moved. Yes, I really I just um, my crew knows. Like every time we go through the entire film, I'm crying at two points in the film at least. So yeah, it means a lot. Well, you know, you were there all the way through this for 14 and a half years. Mm -hmm. That's that's how long you worked on this. And uh, I, I've i been a supporter of yours uh, when we very first met all the way back in 2013 and ever since. Yeah. And I have uh, really uh, believed in you. Once I saw your your African wildlife photography, I said, oh, I can't wait to see this film. And it showed uh, the the B rolls that you did, the beautiful drone shots, and the uh, the elephant walking across the road. <laughs> you know, it all set the scene. It was just really amazing, amazing footage. Thank you. And uh, my favorite, my favorite um, on this topic, um, it was you know, uh, I heard from Alejandro the other day, and he texts me. He goes. 20 minutes in, oh my God. And then at the end, he said, I've waited a long time and you know what? It was worth it. Mm. And that's, I think that's what everyone is going to say when they watch this. Oh. So congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. I got to yeah. say thanks to the kids and, you know, 
the students at Ariel who've been waiting as long as everybody else has, you know, they uh, and the supporters, your support. I can't believe we go back to 2013. My gosh, what happened? I know <laughs> it, it, it just goes so fast. I, I know that that was when we were in North Carolina. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Got a lot of interviews there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So people. <laughs> so I, I tried to uh, uh, we did. We both tried to get other witnesses on this, you know, t try to get people on. I heard uh, from Francis Cheramuda. He's Great. in the middle of he's in the middle of moving. He couldn't. He said this is his fourth day of moving, and he's his final push. He just couldn't do it, and I think it's in the middle of the night. He's in Madagascar, I believe. Is he? Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Great. But he couldn't. But you, you went all over the world to do this. Yeah. And I, what, what made you start? What, what was the, what was the catalyst, catalyst that made you start this, this film? Like before everything? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Actually, the catalyst was uh, in Manhattan at the, uh, I was two blocks north of the World Trade Center. And, and uh, that was the moment I decided to change my career. Wow. Because, and become a filmmaker. So I did short films and this and that. And uh, I showed a friend of John Max, Dominique and uh, Callan. Calamus, and um, I showed her a film that I did on for for the psychological community or uh, around silence and listening and the importance of those two things. And then she off she she saw that movie, she loved it, and she said, "Would you be interested in doing a movie on those children?" That and I said, "Absolutely." And that was the beginning in September two thousand seven. It was a long time ago. I can't believe I'm still wow. talking about this. And when did you do the first interviews with the kids as adults, as, you know? Some of the well, first ones I did early on, and then it, it, it spread across the years because, you know, certain witnesses didn't want to come forward, they were, you know, and some took a long time to, to come forward and be willing to be on camera. It took time. Like, that's the thing you don't have. If you're going to get a film done in three, three years or a year or two years, I couldn't have done it and I couldn't have completed that task because there was so much resistance to coming forward. You know, uh, Rand mm -hmm. Randall, I oftentimes will dive into something like this. And then I realize that there are so many new listeners to this topic. And I, I, I uh, want to ask for forgiveness for the people that know this story totally. But if you can, in a nutshell, for the person that's not really familiar with this story. I mean, I would think most people are that are listening, but it's possible there may be a number of them that are not. 1994, if you can just roll into, you know, exactly what happened. Yeah, 1994, September 16th, it was in the morning. Um, the, not just the, actually it was a woman in early, the early morning that reported something that lived very close to the school and then uh, the children at, on the playground reported something to their teachers and what they saw, which was a, a, an oval-shaped silver object, craft, I don't know what you want to call it, came down behind their playground, you know, a good distance from the edge, and they saw these creatures uh, on the top of it and, uh, and then on the ground, and then one of them at least that came toward their, them at the edge of the playground that's the story. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot <laughs> if yeah. that happened to anybody. <laughs> right, right. And I'd like to play a clip of you and I interviewed Selma Siddick, um, let's see, back in 2018. And I'd like to play, this is about a five and a half minute clip of her just touching on the highlights of what she saw as far as the being goes. It's quite it's quite interesting, and I'm going to play this clip right now. And, you know, if I saw what I called the being or a being, um, that was maybe, maybe about three to four feet away from me. But really? it, didn't cross, it didn't cross over the boundary of, of the tree trunks. Never. Really? 
And now what about the floating? Did you see, did it appear to be floating? It did not appear to be floating for, for me. I saw it as being grounded on, on this like copy-like area. Like I keep saying, I was able to draw a craft to the best of my um, memory, but I did not see it floating. Mm -hmm. What about on top of the craft? And did, did you think there were actually two beings or was it or one that showed up twice? So, that I don't know. I think that that's a question that I may never know, um, but, it's, but it's definitely a question I've asked myself since the experience, because I honestly couldn't tell you. If they were to, they looked, I, they were identical. There, mm -hmm. was no, there was no difference between the two. If they were in fact two, I have no idea. Now, what about, uh, I saw some of the pictures that were drawn and some of them it showed with, or one at least showed with long hair and others, others showed no hair at all. What did you, what do you remember yes. seeing? I remember seeing one that did not have hair. Um, hmm. Mine did not have any, no facial hair, no, I mean, I couldn't tell if there was body hair because it was in a, the closest thing I can describe it as is being in like a, a scuba diving suit, which I think hmm. is what I described it as when I was 11, because that was what I knew. Um, that was like the closest thing I could relate it to. But I have, I don't recall it being, it did not have any hair, no facial hair, no hair in its head, nothing. Almost, skin was almost like porcelain, really. Really? And was it like, almost like a, a white color? Yes. Well. Like porcelain white? Yeah, like, 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 Yes, almost like a like a nude kind of porcelain kind of color is what I could is what I could best describe it. I think I said porcelain in that it just looked completely perfect. There was mm. no blemish, there was no nothing. It just was so smooth and it almost looked um yeah, I think porcelain is just it's very it's very firm, it's stiff, it's kind of stoic like. So if you mm. were to think of a a statue, you know, I'll be like, okay, it's kind of like a porcelain statue, um, oh. except that this this being was moving, um, but it was there was no, you know, the expression on on its face was not one that I really understood. There was no smile, there was no frown, you know, there were not um, facial. There was no facial recognition for me to comprehend at that time. Feel did it, I know some people feel as though they got a message of some type. Did you have right. any? I, d I did not have a message. I, if I do, I don't know what that message is. It hasn't fully computed maybe. Um, but I, it was very, it was not calming. I don't quite know how to describe it, but it was like nothing I've ever, I've ever felt before. There was no fear. It was just almost as though this being was looking into my soul. Like it knew me, like it knew who I was. That is the best that I can describe um, this sort of like interlocking of, of eyes for however long it was. But I was with my friend Emma at the time. And the moment I walked uh, away from her because I had a younger brother and sister also on the playground because I was worried about them. The moment I walked away from her, I didn't see the being again. And, you know, I... I, I stopped, dropped the gaze and, and walked away and checked on my siblings. And that was my experience. That was sort of the extent of my experience. The being was what I remember most, if yeah. I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. um, the craft, I, I do remember drawing a craft. So I, I, I remember seeing some part of it. I don't even know the extent of what I saw in terms of size. Um, but I would say maybe like a, like a, it was, silver-esque in color, um, mm -hmm. maybe sort of like disc-shaped-ish, um, but it was, it was a, a type of um, metal or fabrication that I, I'd never seen before. And my dad is a steel fabricator, so I, was, I could say, that's steel, that's, you know, that's aluminum or whatever, but I had never seen anything like that before. So I have no idea what it was. It was, it was completely unusual. And I say silver-esque because it wasn't quite silver, but it was, it's the closest thing I could, I could link it to.
Well, I just I just love that. I love that interview, and it's really has quite a bit of a, attention um, mm. on YouTube. Lots of downloads, and you know the full length uh, interview. Uh, so well spoken, and I think it's really interesting that it seems like everyone saw something a little different, or but I think that actually adds to the credibility in a way because you know you can have. Five people see a, a car crash and they all have something a little bit different about about what they saw. They can't they can't help that. But uh, but uh, a wonderful lady. Um, she couldn't make the show tonight, but she did leave us a message, and I might as well play that now. She uh, she sent me a voice message today to to share, and here it is. Hi, Martin. I am so sorry that I am not able to make your show. Um, I trust that you are in excellent hands with Randall, of course, and I just want to give Randall all the shout outs that I possibly can for his amazing, amazing hard work, uh, these past, what, 13 years, it seems longer. Um, and I'm so, so happy for him, um, and proud of him for this amazing piece of work that, um, while I haven't seen yet, um, I trust and fully believe and I've heard that it is just one of the most incredible um, depictions of our story. So thank you to Randall for his tireless work um, and commitment to not only getting our story out, but in doing it in a way that is incredibly ethical Um and incredibly true and um and incredibly us so i know i speak for myself um when i say this but i have no doubt that other folk who have been included um will agree so i don't have any insight into the film other than um what i've heard from other folk who have seen it and i'm so so excited for everything that is going to come as soon as more folk continue to see this film. And thank you so much, Martin, for having this platform um, for folk to share their experiences um, or just learn a little bit more about what um, what else is out there. So thank you both. I look forward to talking with you both soon and hopefully seeing you even sooner. Take care. Pretty moving. Greatness yeah. view. I don't yeah. even know what to say. That's just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. You know, that's all I can say is thank you. Thank and you. I guarantee she took, did that in one take. <laughs> yes. She, she's yeah. a very intelligent woman. I can tell you that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I also thought that about Emma in the film. She seemed absolutely. And the most very intelligent, a lot of intelligent people here. As yeah. witnesses. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that she hadn't even I told her. Them. Yeah. She hadn't told her husband. Well, her husband knows now, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Randall, what were, just so the, the listener knows, what were some of the challenges? I mean, I, I would think the biggest challenge, you know, there was uh, such a, it was such a warring country that there was uh, fleeing everywhere. People fled all over the world from South Africa at that time, right? Correct. Well, Zimbabwe as well. I mean, Zimbabwe in particular. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Was that your biggest challenge, just trying to track everyone down? And how did you do it? I mean, you started when, you know, social media wasn't, Facebook didn't exist in 2007. Yeah, you know? we were using MySpace to begin with. <laughs> and then... Facebook really came out and that that really did change things. I was able mm -hmm. to get in touch with a lot of uh, people through that. And mm -hmm. I had help from uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jurd and Nikki Carter. And, you know, they you know, I'm in Africa in going to Zimbabwe, which no, no, there was no American was supposed to even go in there. Mm. There was a State Department warning. That's when the New York Times guy who for some reason stayed in Harare. I was out in a shack. You know, like 
way away from any government people. Matter of fact, when I went into the library, I had these, they call them CEO. They're like CIA, whatever, for Zimbabwe. Follow, follow me several times. Really? Anyway, yeah, it was just not a good time to be in the country um, for, as an American and anybody with a camera, for sure. Did so, you fear? Did you have times where you actually feared for your life? Oh, all the time. Really? Oh, God, yeah. Oh. I mean, I love Africa, but you got to consider the safety for sure. Yeah. Wow. So anyway. Never, but, uh, never mind yeah. the lions and tigers. and. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> There's 550-pound cats out in that woods. That's yeah. a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Uh, so yeah. what was it like? Uh, I mean, it, it couldn't have been. I, I can't imagine that every single person that you approached said, OK, yes, I'll, I'll be interviewed. Oh, yeah. No, most of them didn't. Hmm. Most of them, you know, I talked to them off camera and they, you know, the whole question was, you know, would you be willing to tell tell the story you're telling me on camera? You know, and a lot of people didn't want to do that because they had families, kids successful careers, you know? So, and not to mention, I mean, the people that I do have in the film, they all took risks. Yeah. Every single one of them are taking a risk right now. Hmm. You know? So I think the stigma has lifted quite a bit. Your timing of this release, you're in a time now where I think that the stigma is less than it has been, True. you know, um, over finally. the years. Yes. Finally. finally. Yep. Now, if I came out with this film when I, you know, three years after I started, we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was what has it been like this release last Friday on the 20th? What what's uh, what's going on with the with the film? I know you had a little you had a little good. server problem because you had so many people jumping on it. Right. That's true. Yeah. Um, we're still uh, fixing issues all the time until we get it really streamlined. And this in a way, it was kind of a test. Before we go to the big streamers and stuff, uh, you know, to get the bugs out. And unfortunately, we've had problems, but we'll have it straightened out because everybody's working full time on it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, it, and it's fine. You can go there, watch the film. Everything works fine. We're just talking about the little stuff at this point. Um, I had to hire somebody new today. Probably going to hire another person tomorrow because we're just overwhelmed. You know, mm -hmm. all my crew is overwhelmed. They They need help, you know, so... I'm interviewing tomorrow and then I'll probably two, two, two people tomorrow to come on to the team. So it's a good problem to have. I mean, yes, doing yeah. really well. And it just makes me feel just so touched, you know, that, wow, this is something that only a few people have ever seen. And now other people get to see it and to hear the feedback. It's just, oh, my gosh, I'm getting all kinds of feedback from <laughs> uh, from from listeners that have watched it and. There's, you know, everyone has mentioned, uh, you know, what, what, you know, if, if this doesn't move the needle, if someone can watch this and try to de debunk, you know, debunk it, which I'm sure there's, you know, the, the thing you hear most commonly is the mass hysteria. That's what, um, you know, is out there, but there's just too many, there's in your film just plays it out perfectly. Uh, one of the one of the things that I really was looking forward to and was not disappointed, and that is uh, that you had this guy in there, John mm -hmm. Mack. There's a lot of great footage from John Mack. Uh, what how he interviewed these children and all the information he softly got out of them without leading them in any type of way. He would basically, you know, ask uh, what they were thinking and what they felt and, and right down on their level, eye to eye and uh, wonderful interviews. I'm so glad that was captured on film. Can you imagine if that wasn't caught on film? If any of this wasn't caught on film back then, we wouldn't be talking about the story. Right. Really? Yeah. Thank God. And there were so many people that actually interviewed these kids. John definitely was a highlight because of his training, mm -hmm. but all those other people that also, interviewed them you know there's value in those tapes as well and is it tim leach what was uh from the bbc correct yep tim yeah. leach took me and, two years to find that guy and, uh, he, <laughs> he was, was great he was yeah. great yeah. yeah 
And did he did he more or less get booted from the BBC from from just doing that? Really? Yeah. Think about that. That that's amazing. He's in the war zone, filming you know action in the war, and then he does the UFOs and and he's booted. Yeah, I think there's a, and I'm not. He's not the only person I've heard this about. Like you know, they people that do war coverage uh, burn out. Some of them do. It's oh, a really yeah. hard profession. You know, I've, I had the opportunity to go in there and I got to meet a lot of people that did it, you know, to do that kind of work. And I, I just was like, I can't do that to myself because I see what it does to other people. And I, I just was like, no, I'm not going to I'm going to stay away from that because it's dangerous, you know. Oh, yeah. As far as for, for your own psyche to see that kind of thing on a regular mm -hmm. basis. But Tim was an amazing man. The guy had bullet. <laughs> he had a bullet in his leg and. Oh, wow. What a story. I mean, pretty interesting, but a funny man who really made fantastic music. He was a he photographed for the. Um, you know, all the famous uh, bands back in the 70s, he was the f tour photographer. Oh, wow. Someone should do some research on him because that man's story is incredible. Yeah, he yeah. died fairly young, too. Yeah, I saw that you had a dedication to him, which was yeah. at the end of the film. Yeah. I really wanted him to see this, man. Yeah. I wanted, I've, unfortunately, I've had a lot of loss of, you know, there's been a lot of loss during the making of this film. Yes. So many people. Yes. That I wanted yeah. to have see this, but I guess they're going to see it from some other place. <laughs> That's yeah. how I think about it. But yeah, I missed yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how would, how are you getting the word out there? I know. I can see in the United States, but I mean, worldwide, is it really hard to really get this pushed out there? I mean, you, no, I know you have a team working on it. It was worldwide from day one. I mean, it was, it's been all over the world. People are buying it. So that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. All kinds of countries that you wouldn't think about, but uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's doing really well and we're making further steps and friends are making phone calls and, you know, I think pretty soon we're going to be opening up in theaters um, around the world, you know, in different locations, Boston, New York, L.A. Um, well, I will travel to Because it was made for the big I, screen. I, I know really you did. Was. Yeah. And I would love to see it, it on the big great. screen. It plays yeah. great on the big screen. The sound, the soundtrack, everything's we, we did screen it and in a in a big screen theater. And uh, wow. Yeah. We were all crying. Yeah. So COVID came along and kind of changed all that, but it yeah. still it still might hit the theater, is what you're saying. Yes, that would be great. That's yeah. that's where I think this thing belongs. I'll make that happen. Yep. Yeah, I have a, a question someone sent to me today, and uh, I'm not familiar with this, but they said that you stated in relation to uh, the appearance of a UFO that if you hear a sound of a flute as opposed to some other sound, then quote, you're in trouble and uh, in an ominous way. And this person wanted to know what exactly do you mean? What kind of trouble if you hear the sound of a flute? <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is to be honest with you. I have no idea what that sound comes from to be honest with you. But if you hear that, um, things change. I don't know how else to say it without getting, to, I just don't want to go too far down my own uh, understanding of that. Hmm. So I only heard when the, when John Mack was interviewing these young children, I only heard a small girl say that it sounded like a flute. Were there other children that also yeah. heard that? Some, some described it as a very high pitched sound a couple of said it sounded like a flute things they understood in band or whatever music class and um um but there was enough witnesses there that talked about the high pitch that i i i knew what that was you know wow and so they're not too you know how in the movie they talk about the buzzing sound the electric you know the beam mechanical sound some people describe it as and then there's that high pitch sound that's they're totally different and they're and they're for different purposes, which I can't pretend to understand what that is. So if you hear that sound, you better 
<laughs> hustle, hustle away, whatever you can do, or is it too late? If I hear that sound, I'm in trouble. Wow. I can tell you that. Yeah. I don't well, know. Well, it's kind of fascinating. I think I'll, I'll, I'll continue the discussion uh, offline with yeah, you yeah. so we don't focus. Yeah, so we don't, don't have, have to, to focus on that. Kids in the movie, and I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, um, they, they did hear that sound. And, you know, amongst many, many other things, you know, they described a really particular detail that also comes from many, 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 many other cases, including sound, including description, including movement, including all those things. So. Now, I don't know if this is a touchy subject or not, but I, I had a conversation with James Fox um, offline when I was hanging out with him um, after we did a show together. And uh, he mentioned that uh, that Netflix, he almost went into Netflix and then he says, thank God I didn't. And he, he said that you might have had a similar struggle. Is that anything you would even talk about? No, I had to sign a piece of paper, so. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, so that didn't happen. So I, I think that it'll probably be a good thing because from what I understand, what James said was that oftentimes you have to, uh, well, they actually hold the licensing to the video and all the film for a number of years, which would be, you know tie your hands up to, from doing anything else. So, Correct. yeah. Yep. So it's good. You didn't go that way. And uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I, I would like um, as, as I have been in touch with you all these years to be able to announce like oh, when this thing might go to theaters or when it's coming out DVD. That's what a lot of people want to know right now. You can rent the movie as a stream for about, is it 48 hours? Yes. Yes. So in that normal, normal VOD, uh, I mean, we basically copy what the VODs are doing, you know, video on demand. Oh, so VOD. Yes. Anything unusual. Mm -hmm. It's just, and you know, there's people been asking about, can we buy it? Well, they don't sell it right away. <laughs> you know, they wait till they, you know, they a, make enough money to pay their, the money they owe. And then, yeah. then they start thinking, okay, when, when, when can we sell it? Cause you just don't want to have it all over the world, you know, and people copying it everywhere. You know what I mean? So I think mm -hmm. that's part of the reasoning too, but you know, the honest reason I went, um, and put it out myself is because this is the movie I wanted to make. And uh, over five years period of time, I was approached by several people in the industry and they all wanted to make changes. And at the end of the day, I said no to a lot of things to, to tell the story how I saw it, you know? And, and with the people, with all first person witnesses, that's, there's no third person, second person, it's all from everybody's mouth their own right. personal experiences of things, whether they're journalists or doctors or paramedics or pilots, you know? And to be clear, there's no narration. This no. is a story that unfolds. That's a very difficult type of film to make. Uh -huh. <laughs> narration, mm -hmm. you know, is easy and because uh, you can control the story. But if you want to tell the story using the witnesses, using the people that were involved, uh, you got to have them say those words in, in, you know, not say those words, but you, they have to have the words in order to tell the story. And thank God there was enough archival and thank God I did enough interviews that it was there. It takes an enormous amount of work to, to do a film that way. Now you mentioned just a minute ago that there were, you know, five years, I don't know, five years in maybe, or five years ago, um, there was different ways you could have gone with this. Sure. And I imagine it would have been, probably like uh you could have made some serious money if you did you could have made a, a big profit if you went that way and then just could have made take a serious the film. amount of money last year and and uh, i heard about that now i heard about anyway. that through people in the film industry that mm -hmm. you you turned it down and it's because they wanted to change things correct yeah so i think uh i think that speaks a lot for you and uh and what you're you're trying to do here and and it, and it definitely shows in the film yeah it was very hard i'll tell you that very hard <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. so i want to ask you where was this shot taken from this beautiful uh shot you did right here 
Uh, that was taken from the Drakenberg Mountains in uh, South Africa. Um, just a stunning place where the royal family goes once in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a Beautiful. stunning place, but that's very much a lot, lot, lot of parts of Africa. I mean, just Africa's huge. Africa's right. humongous. People yeah. don't understand how big Africa is. It's wow. And it's just, it goes on and on and on and on. And it's just a beautiful country, really. I mean, yes. beautiful, beautiful uh, continent yeah. mm -hmm. with so mm -hmm. much diversity and culture. It's, it's a really special place on this planet. Absolutely. Yeah. I've never been there, but it's one of the places I think would be really interesting to go. Yeah. So, Emily. Um, Emily was... I like the way she told the, her story. I think some of her artwork is really unique. Um, she um, really, you could really see the emotion in Emily. There was a lot of things that really moved her. And I thought they were, it was very good mm. the way she, it was, it was done very in a very classy way to basically show her struggles you know, she was from a family of missionaries. And from what I understand, her brother had a really hard time and probably didn't even want to talk about it. Yeah, that's true. I've, I've talked, I talked with her brother and I, I feel like I, I don't feel great about exposing him in any way. Um, you know, but I, I, I got to, for Emily to trust me, for their family to trust me, that I would do the right thing mm -hmm. uh, is an honor because the things I got to hear and film, I mean, are just, it's real, you know? And that was the point, you know, like, yeah. I want you to be yourself. Yeah. Just, you know, I, you can trust me. I'm not going to make you look like a, you know, I just, you know, trust is a huge part of this because, you know, particularly all those kids know what it's like to have gone through it and have people take advantage of you or, you know, spin your story or call you crazy you know or, yeah it's tough yeah yeah and what about the demon the demonic side of this how often did that come up well mm, um it came up once in a particular interview that i went to go to beat somebody one of the kids that was there Mm -hmm. I was really excited to meet with him because I'd met, I'd already interviewed his friends and they're like, you have to talk to him. So I called him. We set up the time. He told me a lot on the phone and I got to where he lived, which was hours and hours from where I was. And uh, I called him. I said, I can't find your house. And uh, his wife got on the line and said, he doesn't want to talk to you. He's he, you know, I don't even know if he knows this. Uh but he doesn't want to talk to you. Whatever happened at the school was the devil and you're, you're somehow doing the devil's work. And I was just, my mouth just dropped because I'm wow. like, yeah, what? but you know, I was upset actually for a little while. And then I thought about it and like, well, it had to be a big deal. If it was, if, if people are thinking it had something to do, you know, it just said something happened there that was pretty, pretty uh impactful and you know how do we you know people are gonna think because of their beliefs that it's a certain thing or this or that and that's fine um but it actually in my mind is like it bolstered the story because why would anybody use that excuse hmm. you know yeah something happened there that was really disturbing and if you have a religious take on it that's fine, but it doesn't mean it, it didn't happen, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I just, I just think we're dealing with something that we've never really confronted before. And it's not, not even a, it's not even about religion, you mm -hmm. know, it's not, it's not about any of the things that we think it's going to be about. It's just not. Right. And right. we know by the testimony, cause you can hear how strange it all is. It's, it's, it's weird, but, yeah. You know, that's, of course, you might think that if we're going to run into another species that's from out there, uh, it's going to be weird. Right. And <laughs> I remember when we were speaking with uh, Francis Cheramuda, him mm -hmm. talking about. What a good this, man he is. 
Yes, he's really he's a cool. Good man. Yeah, he's a farmer. He, he just sent me a picture of himself uh, in the middle of this move, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, uh, but uh, they, uh, he was saying they were. It was like blinking out, like the creature was like blinking out and blinking back in ahead of itself, which is the craziest thing to try to imagine, you know. And I didn't hear anyone else basically say that, you know, they saw it go, go toward the swimming pool, but there must must have been other people that saw that same thing. Did you yeah. talk to? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which a, another thing that doesn't make any sense, you know, uh, makes which you part? the thing that was blinking out and blinking in. Right. I, I heard that from a lot of the witnesses. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things I Doesn't thought was <laughs> one, one of the yeah, go yeah ahead. one of the things I thought was really interesting, and that is that um, when John Mack was talking to these kids, and they said that they got some type of message, um, and it's basically that we're destroying the planet, and that he also said during your film that. They didn't give any solution to how to fix it. They just talked about that it's happening. And uh, a, a friend of mine that watched the film said to me, well, that kind of rules out time travel, doesn't it? Which I thought was a real interesting take on that. You know, if they were from the future, they'd say, hey, <laughs> do this and Good do point. that. Don't do this. Make our Make our future better. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, I've had a lot of thought about that. Um, you know, I think what we're dealing with is on such a uh, such an evolved level, so far beyond us. That uh, what are they going to do? Intervene? I mean, <laughs> um, maybe they're just giving us a that warning for us to do it ourselves, um, because I think they understand the consequences of just showing up. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. Right. You know, and, and so one of the things that I didn't know so much was happening. Well, a couple of things I didn't know until I watched your film. And that's one of them. One of them is that these things were showing up all over the place for a while there. Correct. It wasn't just an isolated incident. Can yeah. you talk about the different ways people even saw it? An aircraft saw it. Someone from an aircraft. Multiple aircraft saw it. Um, I was only able to interview one of the pilots who was in contact with the other two. There were two other airlines also, uh, one headed to England, and I believe it was Qantas heading to Australia uh, or coming into um, coming into um, Johannes Johannesburg International. Um, so those witnesses, I've seen them in uh, chat rooms here and there, and. Um, I would. I just was unable to locate them, but I. I hope they come forward. There's a lot of people that I hope come forward because of what they saw, and you know everybody, of course, because of the stigma, the way it's been forever. You know they. Hopefully, will say, okay, it's a different day, today, and and now I can actually publicly, say what I saw. There's a lot of people like that, a lot. And why do you think the teacher? that supposedly witnessed it she wouldn't talk until recently i mean your film was already in the can and she's talking about that she witnessed it correct she wasn't yeah. the only one really yeah mm -hmm. so i understand um i mean it's tough for everybody right you, you know um when when is when is the proper time to bring this out you know um, I, I watched that happen with several people and um, adults, and yeah, that's bravo for anybody that does that. They're taking a risk; they know it. But you know, is the, is to hide that this truth? Uh, is there anything really more important than the potential thing that is going on here? because mm. it's not just about one individual it's not about a group it's about every single thing on this planet right. so i personally um because i do a lot of wildlife 
photography and I've been looked like at have been looked at like an alien by creatures that have never seen a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should be aware of what other life forms are out there and what they, what their interest in us is. That's, we have to know that mm-hmm. so we can make some kind of plan <laughs> or not plan, but you know, so we have all the information we could possibly have to understand and ideally communicate um, what their intentions for our, us are. I mean, it's not negative or positive. It's not evil or good. It's none of those things. It's just nature and science, really. And um, to address those, those things so we understand this other thing that is obviously in our environment. So what is it doing? What do we know about it? What, what can right. we expect? You know, all those questions need to be asked. And I got to say, Leslie Keen, she is fantastic. I'm so proud of her because she's done it the right way. She's doing the journalistic approach. She's a fantastic journalist. And um, I honor her work. And I know how hard she works. Yep. So I yeah. just want to salute her. Yeah. She's been yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, I was thrilled when she said she would be on because she said, I'm not going to be on any other show. <laughs> so that was nice. Uh, so, yeah. But, you know, you think about what this means, you know, uh, this particular case that, uh, that you, you have made this film about. Um, it means that something, we can't say who it was, where they were from or anything like that. But something definitely happened, and it was very well. Uh, whoever the teacher was that said, everyone draw what you saw right now, whoever that was was brilliant. I mean, they made a record right then and there, and those images are, are just amazing. And there's, again, we're seeing different types of Im- images, but a lot of similarities. And that's, that's all, you know, all becomes credible in a way. Um, now, I know you're very biased. I always say <laughs> in this particular case, when I, I have said this and people that listen to the show uh, for a long time have heard me say this many times. This is, in my opinion, the number one case of an encounter and what, what made me actually think, wow, there's really something major going on here. Um, and I've called it what I consider the number one UFO encounter case. Mm-hmm. Um, so had you felt that way before you started? No, I still no. don't feel that way. I mean, I feel like, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't feel biased, actually. I feel um, that I did my work. Um, this is one of many, many cases, many, 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 many cases. So uh, uh, I think, honestly, I think there are cases out there not i'm not 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 it's not a competition for me like i just feel like i want to expose more of the same thing with different people whether that's the military in another country or what what it may be um that's just my goal i mean i definitely i this story i mean i I did know when i was working on this story like i had bbc i had a harvard professor and i had a bunch of children i knew that was a hugely big story not in the ufo community but in just as a story like oh my gosh you know um and it took me years to uh try to convince people like that this was a story worth working on and uh and it sort of happened around 2012 that a couple editors I was trying to hire said, well, let me see the footage. Let me see the kids. Mm-hmm. So I showed them the kids footage. And then that changed everything. Yeah. They were like, you got to be kidding me. Who else is involved in this? And then everybody got excited and started <laughs> jumping yeah. on board. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I had to I hold it for five years of, you know, just working on it myself doing literally sound, lighting, camera, interviews. I mean, that was crazy. I, I never want to do that again. It's too, you know, you, when you do so <laughs> yeah. many jobs that I just yeah. wanted to do the interview, but I had to watch the sound meters, you know, 
put on the labs, make sure everything was okay, roll camera, make sure it was the right frame rate, right f-stop, everything. And uh, But yeah. anyway, it was worth it. Right. That's, that's, that's it right there. I remember you and I had a conversation about editing and what that was costing you per day. <laughs> so uh, the money struggle, that's, that's uh, oh, yeah. what I hear over and over again. I had a fun conversation with James Fox off offline Thank you, James. Uh, on what he went that's through. Been a big help. Yeah. Uh, put a shout that's out great. But, but I mean, the money struggle is, when you are dedicated to doing something that kind of like is a non-issue until you can't eat. Right. You know, and you're trying to do everything yourself and it, it, it is so, so tough. Um, and I know that you were struggling out there, but you, you just kept moving ahead and um, I want to congratulate you. So uh, we are, I can't believe this hour has like flown by so wow. fast. So we can look now um, for how how long is it going to be for available where someone can rent this for the 48 hours? Oh, it's available now at aerialphenomenon.com. And for about how long will it be? Do you have it? Do you have a, like well, a plan laid out for how long it's going to be available? And then it may go into other sources. Well, I, we don't know yet. Um, it may be, end up on a major streamer once they see the success that has happened in three days, four days. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns. So I'm hoping that it gets, you know, to the big audience because that was the idea. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, and, and when, you know, it's a two hour rental, but it's two hours from the, I mean, sorry, two hour rental, uh, 48 hour rental, but it starts from the time you click the play button. Yeah. Right? So you can have it for weeks or whatever. And when you want to see it, you get to, you'll be able to see it and watch it over and over for 48 hours, which is what I did after I released it. I was like, I think I better watch my own movie. <laughs> and I was like, God, this is good. I want to watch yeah. it again. <laughs> well, Randall, it's always been a pleasure and uh, I hope Martin. to have you, you back again. It's always great talking to you and yeah, consider thing. you a friend. So we are friends. Yes. All right. You take care. You too. Thank you. All right. Okay. All right, everyone. So that'll do it for us for the show tonight. And next week we have Mario Woods. Uh, remember everyone uh, to keep your eyes to the sky.